Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Well, Professor Merlin Thomas is a physician and a scientist in the Department of Medicine at Monash University. Complex disciplines, biochemistry, biology, all that sort of stuff. He finds out about the real needs of the people. That's what this country needs today. And what greater need is there than to find out why people like me and probably you get a headache when we miss our morning coffee or tea? Well, I asked. I uh, decided to follow that up because it's vital. Professor Thomas, welcome to Open House. Thanks for having me on the show. You've had your coffee. Everything good? Coffee's good. (laughs) I haven't had one yet. Annie offered me one. That's my producer. Just now, and I said no. That's great discipline, and uh, yet I can tell I'll have a headache within half an hour. Now, why why is that? (laughs) Well, you shouldn't get your headache within half an hour. I might be joking just a little bit, but but, but what But but what we do know is that for people who regularly take a a coffee or more uh, or cup of tea uh, every single day, which actually turns out to be 80 to 90% of Australians, um, what happens is that they get very used to it. And when they miss it, often a day or two later, they can feel somehow different. They miss the coffee. They can feel lethargic. They can feel achy. They can feel irritable. But one of the important things is the most likely thing that they'll feel turns out to be a headache. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've looked into the physiology of why that happens. Uh, So look, we know caffeine is a stimulant. Let's take it from there and move forward. Yeah, well, well, you're feeling 30 minutes after a, a cup of coffee that uh, that slight buzz, that slight elation and optimism is simply because it takes about 30 to, to 40 minutes for caffeine when you drink it to get into your brain. And when it gets in your brain, what it does is that it blocks the receptors whose job it is to dull the brain's activity. So by blocking the dulling, you get undulling you get <laughs> less unfocused and so you feel you know different as a result of caffeine well, and you're saying that I might still be dull I just don't know it well that that was a that was a famous phrase by 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 Balzac he said that um, although coffee was uh, good for for you and enhanced you it just made boring people more boring and <laughs> Which, by so you the way, have to be I mean, an exciting a... person to be enhanced by uh, <laughs> a coffee. But there's a serious point to that. If you're tired and driving and you have a coffee, you're still tired. You're just awake. Um, that that's absolutely true. But actually, when they've done driver experiments, so they've taken you know standard drivers and put them through tests hmm. um, of driving and simulated driving conditions, those that um, have a little bit of caffeine on board actually are a little bit more focused. And their driver performance actually increases, not by an enormous amount, but enough to make a difference. Coffee does keep you a little bit more awake, does make you a little bit more focused. The same experiment done in um, people in a lecture hall, if you, um, you know, give them a little bit of coffee beforehand, they're more likely to remember what was said during the lecture if they've had caffeine beforehand. Again, the effects are relatively small and are less in people who are regular coffee or regular tea drinking because they metabolize a little bit faster so they get less of a a dose in their brain. But it's a real performance-enhancing effect. Okay, well, yes, okay. We test for caffeine in athletes for that reason, I suppose. But actually, we... no, we don't anymore. And that, that's actually a funny thing. No, we don't. Actually, oh, well, in that case, happened... I'm going to take up sport. 
Well, in truth, we we had we had very a famous a famous athlete in Australia called the Cappuccino Kid. In fact, he was sent home from the Seoul Olympics for drinking too many coffees uh, oh, no. um, uh, at the time. And what has now turned out is that it's very clear that. Your performance can be enhanced by a bit of caffeine, but it's probably maximally enhanced by the time you have about one or two cups. Any more than that, actually, you don't get additional enhancement. So, in fact, your performance actually declines after around about uh, four or five coffees. So there's actually no advantage to take large amounts of caffeine. And the small amounts of caffeine in your blood after a standard cup are actually present in almost all athletes who have a cup of tea in the morning. So you can't ban something that everyone's having. So there's actually no banning for caffeine. Um, and if you're stupid enough to take large amounts of it, well, well, that, that, that's your bad luck. It probably reduces your performance anyway. So it's no longer a banned substance, but it's certainly a performance-enhancing one. Our guest on Open House, Professor Merlin Thomas. And why do I get a headache when I haven't had my coffee is an article he published recently uh, on The Conversation, a great website, and uh, we thought it very interesting to follow up as a conversation for Open House. Well, if I do drink too much coffee, then I get that agitated feeling. So is there more going on than just my brain's dullness receptors being fooled? Well, that's certainly the acute effect. And, and in fact, you can get um, um, agitated. Some people get anxious. Many people feel that their bladder contracts a little bit stronger and a little bit faster when they have too, too much coffee. And, yeah. and some people get a bit of indigestion. But that's all to do with the dose. So if you are a non-tea or coffee drinker, the few of you that are out there, um, if you had a standard cup of coffee, some of you, you might feel anxious. But the regular doser um, that would be uh, uh, you, you and I that would take a cup of tea or coffee every single day, the amount of caffeine we get is probably about half the amount that someone who doesn't drink it at all. And so that because the dose is smaller and the amount getting in our brain is smaller, you actually have to take a lot more to become anxious or unwell and um, the, the, compared to a normal situation. So it varies according to the person, but also it varies according to your gender. And, and in fact, women, um, because of their metabolism being slightly different from, for, from men, they're different in many other ways, but metabolism of caffeine is one of them, they need a slightly smaller amount of caffeine to get the same effect. So they're more likely to become um, anxious or, uh, or feel symptoms of caffeine for the same mm. caffeine dose. And this difference is exaggerated, for example, um, in women who are pregnant. And this is why there's a, often a recommendation that women who are pregnant limit the amount of caffeine that they drink. The major reason is that the enzymes that break it down are slightly reduced, so they're more likely to feel anxious or get indigestion as a result of their caffeine exposure. And, and do you know whether that actually goes through the placenta, the caffeine as well? Uh, there is some exposure because it goes through absolutely everything. It's very soluble yeah, okay. and, and goes goes everywhere. There doesn't seem to be any adverse effect on babies, but there does seem to be an adverse effect on one important thing, mm -hmm. is that caffeine has a major effect on animals that don't have uh, any ability to metabolize caffeine. And this would be, would be things like dogs and cats and birds. I mean, if you gave them either chocolate, which is a relative of caffeine or caffeine itself, um, it's rapidly fatal because... They they um, can't metabolize it. And that just goes to show for everybody who's drinking coffee out there that caffeine is actually a poison. It just happens that we are lucky enough to be tolerant to the poison, mm. but it is actually a poison. Okay. Well, then to the, to the issue of uh, why I get a headache if I don't have mm. coffee. Now, look, I'll have to admit to you, 
I'm a pretty heavy coffee drinker, um, and that's why Annie offered me a coffee just before this interview. And I, I now feel as if I need to get one almost immediately because I've been talking about it for seven and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, quite seriously, if I miss coffee, I mean, I do get it. I think yes, it, it, I'm not saying anything that most people don't aren't aware of. No, what's going common. on there then? Why is there yeah. a headache involved? So, so a couple of reasons. The first is that uh, because your body's become quite tolerant to the effect of this on your brain, you do get a degree of you know attachment, both psychological and physical, to this. Well, is that addiction? To the coffee. Is it an addiction? It's, well, if it's not harmful, it's not. A, it's not truly an addiction. Hmm. So a, a he- the headache doesn't kill you, and it's usually mild, and usually lasts for only a day or so if you go go without. It's not something in terms of serious and withdrawal. I mean, you could call it a soft addiction if you want or, or just a bad habit if most people prefer it. But it's absolutely true that when you take something that you're used to away, you can feel things. And one of the most common things is headaches. So with coffee, about a day or two um, after you haven't had your coffee, so for example, you've gone in for surgery and not allowed to eat and drink, about a day or two afterwards, it's quite common to experience some sort of uh, difference in terms of your mood, your irritability, and also in terms of developing headaches. Now, these headaches are usually, you know, the classic tension headaches. They're sort of dull. They're they're not like a migraine, but they're just sort of they, they just make make you feel like a Monday morning or a bit like a hangover actually. And this is probably because. Because the um, caffeine interferes with brain chemistry, it sort of changes the set point, if you like, of how messages go through. And most of the messages that enter the brain come from our senses of that are um, sensing movement or sensing uh, physical sensation. And because our head is the most sensitive organ in our entire body and is the most physically active, sadly, in that in our entire body, our legs doesn't doesn't move. No, our body doesn't, but our face is moving all of the time. Okay. There's a lot of sensory input coming into our brain. And sometimes those senses can be misinterpreted or lost in translation. And it's thought that we are more prone to headaches more than anything other, any other kind of aches when things go wrong in terms of our brain chemistry because there's so much signals coming in from our brain and it's so easy to misinterpret those as, as headaches. They're not, they're not, you know, blood vessels bursting. They're not serious things. They're not migraines changing, but they are, mm. you know, distressing and they aren't uh, much fun. But the nice news is that within, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of taking even a quarter of a cup of coffee, immediately, bing, they're gone. Sadly, and, so, and so, and so that, that, that immediate revision yeah. suggests that it was the coffee that done it, essentially. And that <laughs> allows us to know that, that what's there. Now, you don't get withdrawal I'm sorry, four to six hours after having your last cup. You know, you know, even the most famous coffee aficionados, you don't have sudden withdrawal if suddenly your your espresso machine is broken and you have to have a latte instead. You know, it doesn't happen that way. You have to go... Are you sure? You have, you, you absolutely. You have to go cold <laughs> yeah. turkey for at least uh, a day or so. And in fact, most cases of people who's developing headaches from their coffee, they can, you know, they can have a tiny amount. I mean, I'm talking about a quarter of a cup of, of worth of caffeine and that's sufficient to not only prevent the headaches, um, but also to reverse them when they're happening. So you don't need a lot. You don't need a, a big amount for it to work, um, but it does make a difference overall. Uh, well, finally, I, I guess I really should ask you the uh, kind of sensible, responsible question. Is it a good idea to limit coffee intake? 
Uh, only if it hurts your wallet. Really? I don't think that. This. It, what is what is very clear is that when you look at the data, people who regularly drink, you know, somewhere between one and three or four cups a day, actually don't do too badly in terms of their health outcomes. Um, mainly, and it's probably nothing to do with the caffeine or the chemicals at all. It's more to do of the the fact that it's a social lubricant, and probably more to do with the fact that it gets it off our desk. And uh, um, unless you've got someone nice to bring you the coffee, it's uh, it's an opportunity to go out and be, but not not be attached to our work. So I think it's very, it's got a number of positive things. What is also clear is people that drink vast amounts of coffee. And I don't know whether that's you, but but overall, more than five to eight cups a, a day. Overall, their health health outcomes are less than those with um, who drink smaller amounts in moderation. Now, the question is that, is that because these people are immoderate people, because they are excessive of all sorts of other things, or is it simply, or is it simply because it's a reflection of their lifestyle uh-huh. that um, that requires that much coffee oh, to, to get to, to get through. So, for example, truck drivers. So, so we don't know whether there's anything um, in the coffee or not. But uh, I wouldn't be giving it up, but I would be moderating the whole of my life. I would be enjoying coffee when I need it in the morning and not in the evening when I need to go to sleep. And if you're going to have coffee, you may as well have the good stuff and enjoy it because then there's no requirement. You get the whole rewarding sensation of a fantastic cu- cup of coffee. And then when you get the reward, you don't need to go back to the mill again because you've had the reward. It's instant coffee that you feel you can drink lots of because it's oh, cheap true. and it doesn't taste that nice. The yeah. expensive coffee tastes really nice and you moderate it. It's called the expensive diet. It works a treat. <laughs> well, that's marvellous. Look, thank you so much. Really interesting conversation and thank you for doing that work. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, now Graham's wagging his finger at me <laughs> because of the coffee. Well, never you mind. Now, look, Professor Merlin Thomas sounds like my type of physician. Give up coffee? No, only if it's hurting your wallet. Yes, I'll consult that doctor again. Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.